Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is worship yesterday and today. Listeners, many of us leave our churches on Sunday mornings and don't think about the service much after we walk out the door. Many of us believe that worship means the Sunday morning service. After all, it is called a worship service. Listen to the scripture from Psalm 95.1 in the Message Version. Come, let's shout praises to God. Raise the roof for the God who saved us. I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and things were different when I was little. I remember the first time I really ever thought about the music part of worship. I was about four. I was snuggled next to my dad on the fourth pew from the front of the church. Church consisted of a few hymns played by the wonderful woman with the beehive hairdo as she would passionately hit the ivory keys while we stood, held the hymnal, and sang. Next would be Fred, the old elder who wore the fabulous fedora, giving the announcements. And then our pastor would step behind the tall oak pulpit and start telling us about God's love for us and salvation. Our service ended with an altar call to come to Jesus. My siblings and I would run around outside the building while mom and dad chatted with members. We'd pile into the old Chrysler and drive 45 minutes home. I learned those hymns one by one. I loved them. And when times were tough, they'd come to mind. But by the time I was 12, my folks had helped start a church and there was no one to play the piano. So it was my turn. And that opportunity led me to become a worship director for over 25 years. I was hired to take worship from traditional to contemporary. But as the years have gone by, something has shifted inside my heart and mind. I left worship ministries to start this nonprofit best life, and I started Bible studies at my little church. The two common denominators in all of the women from different denominations is this. Jesus Christ died for our sins, and they all know hymns. Did you hear that? They all know hymns. Today, I travel to churches delivering conferences. Every single church has different worship music that they sing. I mean that. It's different. Sure, there are a few that resonate and people somewhat know, but each church is finding their own songs and they don't connect to the next church down the street like they used to. Worship wars are fought each and every day. Traditional versus contemporary. I've seen more fighting over that than anything else in a church. Bottom line, the hymns connect to the soul. They resonate with deep truths and meaningful lyrics. And yet many worship leaders today scoff and make fun of them. I'm all for contemporary worship. Good grief, I was hired to implement it. But one thing I know for sure, hymns cross the borders of denominational barriers and there's nothing old or outdated about singing praise to God. If you're in a church that sings hymns, value and appreciate them. Each time I sing in my 1900s church that Dean and I purchased for a dollar, I'm reminded that those same songs were sung 116 years ago. New worship, fabulous. Traditional liturgy, fabulous. Plain old hymns, fabulous. I'm just talking about praising God, raising his banner of glory and worshiping him in every way we can, not just music, but every single day. In any way we can, we want to worship God, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and use our lives as an offering of worship. And on that same line of thought, here's Best Life staffer and former music director for Rick Warren at Saddleback Church, Tony Guerrero, to share his thoughts on what makes worship. Hi, this is Tony Guerrero, and you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. Hi, listeners. This is it. 
This is your one life. When we talk about finding your best life, it's not meant to imply that you have a bunch of separate lives to choose from. Your best life, your worst life, your exciting life, your forgettable life. It's really all one life rolled into one cacophony of good and bad, memorable and forgettable, happy and sad, victorious and defeated moments. As Christians, we believe that our lives in Christ are eternal and that after this life here on earth, we move on to the next life in heaven. But really, it's the same life. Death is not a split between two different lives. It's a blip, a blink in one life. You will be here, then there. After all, our lives aren't our bodies, but our souls. And if our souls are to go on eternally and at no point cease to exist, then our lives in heaven are really a continuation of this life here. It's the same life. In the quest for our best life, people often search for some form of heaven on earth. But there is really only one thing we can do on earth that will resemble heaven, and that is worship. Our eternal lives in heaven will be filled with the worship of our glorious Creator. After all, it is this that we were created for, to worship Him. If that is true, and it is, then we can only achieve our best life when we are completely fulfilling our true purpose for existing. In heaven, we will be living in our purpose, and it will be better than anything we can imagine now. But God has allowed us a precious glimpse of heaven here on earth when we worship Him. Sadly, we often let the opportunity to worship slip through our busy hands. Our best life is available to us at every moment of the day. However, it is often our decision to ignore it. In a nutshell, your best life is one that is full of worship, and worship is a decision. So you have the power to truly begin your best life now by simply worshiping God in everything you do. Our church culture often presents worship as a time for singing praises, and to be sure, this can be a part of it. As a musician, I am grateful that God accepts my music as a form of worship. But singing music to God is simply one way to worship. The fact is, every moment of every day is an opportunity for worship. Worship is, at its core, honoring God. Thus, when you serve someone in need, you are worshiping. When you talk to God in prayer, you are worshiping. When you intentionally guard your heart and your eyes from evil, you're worshiping. When you avoid gossip, you are worshiping. When you lovingly correct your children, you're worshiping. When you conduct your business ethically, you are worshiping. When you mourn and cry out to God, you are worshiping. When you love others, you are worshiping. But in all of these and many other possible examples, the worship isn't just the act, but an intentional committing of your thoughts and deeds to honoring God. Basically, whenever we live our lives, every moment, thought, and deed, as an act of worship dedicated solely to God, then we are living our best life. Worship the Lord your God, your Father who loves you and created you for worship. Your best life can begin now. This is Tony Guerrero with Everyday Worship. With me in the studio today, I'm thrilled to welcome worship leader and singer-songwriter Tommy Walker to the show. I served as a worship director for 25 years, and my congregations would engage in worship before the throne of God using Tommy's songs on many Sundays throughout my career. So, Tommy, welcome. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy to be in Minnesota, right? 
right? Yes. In, a, in one way, shape, or form. Exactly. But I get to be in L.A. at the same time. Oh, I love it. I love it. And it's 44 degrees here, so I'm sure you're probably happy you're in L.A. instead, right? So, yeah, it is a little warmer here. Yeah. Tommy, knowing that churches all over the world are singing your songs, like That's Why We Praise Him and Only a God Like You and I Have a Hope, how does that make you feel? Well, you know, really, it's it's one of the great, great blessings in my life. And, uh, you know, actually, somebody emailed me uh, a version of That's What We Praise Him from St. Petersburg, Russia, <laughs> yesterday. Wow. Wow. And um, to hear your songs, people worshiping your songs in other languages also, it's just, so amazing. So I really, I really treasure it, and I try not to let it ever just become normal, but and not take it for granted, and just to watch people love the Lord with something God gave you is certainly a gift I can't describe. It is, and I want to encourage you, Tommy, because you know I am so grateful that you are an artist out there who's very humble. I love that about you. Because when people are following your music all over the world, it's just important to know that that person, you know, is is being used by God and still remaining humble. So several years ago, when I went to Poland on a missions trip, they said, you're going to lead worship. And I thought, oh, my goodness, how can you do that when they speak Polish and Russian and I'm in English? And one of the songs that they knew was That's Why We Praise Him. And so it was the most incredible thing for me to be leading from the stage in English and hear it coming back to me in Russian, in Polish, in German. Um, So I just give God the glory and honor for the fact that He's given you these songs and that you're so kind about it. So growing up, did you ever dream that God would give you songs that would have such an impact on churches and worship leaders across the world? I mean, did you ever feel like, you know, as a little kid, this was your dream and God was going to expand it? Well, when I was 11 years old, I was in a worship service, and, um, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, but that was the first moment I ever felt like I heard God speak to me and just heard Him say, Tommy, I love you, and I have a plan for your life. And so there was this this instant, when I, the moment I gave my life to the Lord, there was a sense of calling I really sensed just as a little kid, so it's kind of hard to describe because because it's kind of both, because I just felt like God was telling me, Tommy, I'm going to do great things through your life, and I remember just weeping, thinking, who, me? You know, just this little kid, the youngest of six kids, and I was so, so desperately shy, I could hardly say anything in front of anybody, but yet there was this I don't know, just crazy faith and trust that God was going to do something great at the same time, and I I didn't know exactly how it was going to work out. But, you know, I say that partly because I think that's how we all need to live, with a sense of um, calling and expectation that God has prepared great works for all of us to do and to um, be ever preparing ourselves for that. So so yes and no. (laughs) 
That's wonderful because, you know, you, you just always like to get a little glimpse into somebody's life and, and know that, you know, here you were just a young kid and God was talking to you. And Tommy, what a wonderful thing that you were listening. So you have a brand new hymn project out and I've listened to it and I love it. It's just released. It's called Generations Hymns 2. I know that you have a heart to lead congregations in worship. And as a former worship director, um, you know, I faced so frequently those worship wars between hymns and contemporary worship, and many churches would split. You know, huge amounts of people would leave when the new worship director came in with new stuff. What are you hoping to accomplish by highlighting some of those great old hymns? Um, yeah, well, you know, hymns for generations and generations— <laughs> Well, for centuries, we're the great worship connectors mm-hmm. of gen- of generations, and they've become the great separators <laughs> yes. in the last, uh, you know, forty years or whatever. And and I just uh, I just still believe that the hymns have the power to to unite, and so it's really almost more about um, the unity of the generations worshiping together than it is about the hymns. It's just that I love hymns, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and I know the power of them. But I, I grew up in a a home where we actually worshiped in our home with the musical family. And, you know, it's funny. When you're a kid, you just think whatever your life is when you're a kid, that's just what life is, and that's how it is. But I just thought everybody, like, the whole family would sit down with guitars and start singing and singing hymns and worshiping, but I, uh, once again, like, uh, last April, my dad turned 89, and there we were, and here here he was with his kids and his grandkids and great-grandkids, and we were all worshiping together, mm, and I wonderful. just thought, what's more beautiful and unfortunately rare than this, that all these generations are in unity worshiping God. So it was really hoping that there would be less generational separation in the church, and that people could find out the joy of worshiping together generationally. And you know what's so true about what you're saying is it really is the common denominator. And so I think we've done ourselves a huge disfavor by saying it's one or the other. I bought a little 1900s church out here in the country for a dollar on Craigslist, and I moved it. And I have Bible studies there, and I have one time a month, you know, um, get-togethers. And I realized that the only way I was going to be able to accomplish a really good, rich time of worship with these people who are coming from all kinds of denominations was that the one common denominator they knew, you know, were how great thou art, be thou my vision, you know, the hymns. And so that's what I went back to was just, you know, utilizing those so that people could sing and worship together. Well, listeners, if you're just tuning in today, my worship artist guest is the fabulously gifted Tommy Walker. Tommy has a brand new CD out called Generation Hymns 2, and let's give a listen to the song Be Thou My Vision, featuring Sean Beck and the CBC Choir from Tommy's new project. You know, a big part of what worship is, it's about fixing our eyes upon Him, gazing upon the beauty of the Lord and where we set our sights. And uh, may we be a people that are ever looking and gazing at Him.
So Tommy, you have an amazing ability to write fresh and creative lyrics that are scriptural based. Uh, where do you find your inspiration? And are there any artists who have inspired you personally throughout the years? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't even realize it. I, I always loved writing from scripture, really for two reasons. One is, as a songwriter, lyrics have always been the hard part for me, so I would just totally rely on scripture. But then the other thing is, I mean, my, my words are one thing, but the power of God's word is forever. But then I realized that the person I think that really inspired me without realizing it was uh, Andre Crouch, who is with the Lord now. But I, I got the, the amazing privilege of being one of so many unbelievable artists that sang at his funeral. Mm, and uh, they were telling stories about him, and his twin sister, Sandra, was saying that when he was a kid, he stuttered and he was bullied. And um, so he really relied on God's Word in a strong way, in an unusual way as a little kid. And he would put scriptures to melody as a little grade school kid. And that's really what what got his songwriting going. And so many of his songs were really taken from a text in scripture. And um, I just feel like that, like I said, it, my opinion, or what I have to say is one thing, but to put God's Word to music just seems to have so much power and so much, um, it's just going to last so much longer. So, uh, yes, I love to sing, the, sing the Word. So when you sit down to write a song, what are the steps that you take to craft something that will resonate with musicians and worshipers? What kind of steps do you do? I know you taught that really wonderful um, songwriting class you know, when we were at Orange County at, at Tony's Church, Saddleback. Um, so how do you talk to people about writing and crafting songs? Um, well, for me, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out how to make something really musically interesting, something that will really inspire my worship team to love playing it, but then that the melodies and that it's just really singable. And um, so those are two things I'm always trying to go after. And then as a songwriter, it really just comes out of my... As a, as a matter of fact, I was just yesterday, I was in my devotions in the middle of my devotional time, and this doesn't happen to me that often, but... All of a sudden, like, a whole song flashed before my eyes, if you will. And it was uh, the melody and the words and everything, and it was straight out of what I was reading out of God's Mm, Word. I love it. So, so to me, songwriters, especially worship songwriters, it really just needs to be a part of your life with God and a part of your devotional life, even just a part of of your devotions, and that's what it's been for me, so great. that's what I encourage people. 
So listeners, Tommy has this fabulous new CD out called Generation Hymns 2. And here's what I love about it personally. He's taking great hymns and they're just kind of shuffling them a bit. They're adding in some freshness to them and keeping the wonderful basic lines of the lyrics that we love and know. And you're going to want to get it uh, because it's something you're going to be need to, needing to listen to. Tommy, if you could leave our listeners with one last thought about this CD that you've created. Um, it's brand new. Tell us what you want people to know about it. Oh, boy, there's just so many things that come to my mind. But, you know, one thing with the, the hymns is they're so filled with truth and theology. They're, um, and, um, you know, the, it's so important that we sing the truth. And when I was a, a little kid, my, one of my first memories was I would, I would fall asleep underneath my mom's grand piano listening to her play and sing the hymns. And I didn't realize it, but what was happening was the truth of Christ, the, the gospel, the, the theology of the Bible was being planted deep in my heart. And, um, and there's just something, a way we can internalize God's truth that transforms our lives, I believe, when we express it and sing it. And that's what happens with these hymns. And what we've done is uh, it, we've added choruses to them. So you're singing the hymn as it is. Then there's a sense of responding to all that truth with choruses of praise and worship. And so I encourage people. I mean, this world is just trying to talk us out of our faith every day, trying to make us doubt everything we believe. And one of the great ways we can battle against um, the enemy and the doubts and the fears and everything that's going on is by singing our faith. And that's what these hymns uh, bring to us. So I encourage that. Tommy, what encouraging words. Well, friends, that was Tommy Walker, and you can find him at TommyWalker.net. You can purchase his music at his site, or you can download it on iTunes. Tommy has heartfelt worship that relates to the listener and engages churches into deep worship. I personally recommend anything and everything of his that you can get your hands on, especially this new CD. Tommy, thanks so much for being with us on the show today. Thank you, and God bless you all. Be worshipers of the Most High God. Friends, the exciting thing for me personally about this episode is that these are three of my favorite worship artists. Tony Guerrero, Tommy Walker, and Mark Roach are on the show, all together converging to help you be a better worshiper. So let's listen in to what worship artist and leader Mark Roach has to say. When you talk about creating atmospheres of worship in our church services, I mean, yeah, I think it's absolutely critical. Here's the thing, though. What exactly does that mean? You know, for some that may mean dynamic stage design or beautiful lights to create the right mood or an epic sound system to ensure that the congregation is enveloped in full pads and guitar swells. And listen, I think those things can help facilitate an atmosphere of worship. But in my opinion, they should never lead the charge. I think instead of defining atmosphere as the way an auditorium or sanctuary looks, sounds, or feels, I'd start defining it as a culture. I'd implore pastors, worship leaders, tech directors to be tenacious about one thing, facilitating connection between God and his people during worship. I mean, to me, that's what it's all about. If everything we do has that filter on it, how much more impactful will our gatherings be? 
And even better, could that filter begin making the time outside of our gatherings more impactful as well? Some examples I'd give would be, you know, sing songs your congregation loves to sing, not just songs they love to hear or, or that you or your band love to play. I'd say design every creative aspect of your service, not with the goal of drawing attention or being cool, but with the goal of clearing obstacles between the congregation and God. I'd say to pastors, challenge your people again, not only to clear their heads and focus on God during your gatherings, but to engage God through the week, through you know, prayer, devotion, Bible reading, small groups, whatever. This one's a little out of the box, but one of the things that I've loved doing lately is helping churches make records letting the congregation extend their musical worship experience into the work week at home or during their commute to work is huge. And when they hear your leadership, your arrangements, your voice, it feels even more like home. Look, there's tons of examples and I could talk about this for days, but my point would be, what if the atmosphere we create in our church services really starts with the culture we create in our churches? What incredible insight, Mark. Thanks so much for sharing. And you can find more music from Mark Roach. It's R-O-A-C-H at markroach.com. He has great music that you can download from iTunes along with Tommy Walker's music and Tony Guerrero. I feel really, really blessed. All of these godly men are important worship staples in our worship arts communities across the world today. And I'm blessed beyond measure to call them friends Friends, next time you hear some fabulous old hymn, take a moment to embrace it. Next time you are asked to join in some new worship chorus that you think repeats too many times, well, join in and sing with a happy heart. God deserves our praise. He is worthy of honor and respect. Raise a banner. Raise your voice. Raise the roof. Just start worshiping. Let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, help us. Help us to be real, true worshipers for you. Help us to take our hearts and our spirits right directly into that church and to just lay everything down and to lift you up before everything. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, Your Best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.